to Creative City, the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with some of Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. For more information and to listen to previous episodes, please visit www.creativecitypodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter for the latest updates and be sure to listen, rate, and review on iTunes. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Creative City Podcast. I'm Tamia Stinson from thestylesample.com. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Tony T. Meyer of Evolution Fashion Studio. Hey, Tony. Hi, Tamia. <laughs> thank you for coming down and joining me in the black box. Oh, thank you for thinking of me. Yeah, for sure. So I am very excited to talk to you because we get to talk about like fashion type stuff, mm-hmm. which I always love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you've been in the game for a while. You mentioned that you got started in like 84. Yes, yes. Yeah, started yeah. a vintage clothing store in 1984. What what even brought that on? Like were you a vintage aficionado well, at the time? Um in high school, I was one of those kids that was always at the thrift store. Okay. And always wanted a different outfit every day. See, I'm so, so mad I missed out on the thrift store yeah. in my high school days. Although I do remember my mom had some old Jordache jeans from mm-hmm, the 70s that mm-hmm. I used to wear and thought I was mm-hmm. badass back in like 7th grade. Yeah, it was and back then um, this is like I early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um it was looked down on. So people, oh. you know, it was okay. like you 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 buying, you know. Uh-huh. So I I enjoyed it because number one, I could afford it. Right. And then I would see the punk rocker kids and the kids that were hanging out at the Metro and the beat club, you know, getting their thing. At the thrift store when you yeah, were there? Yeah, so ah. it was um, eye-opening as a kid growing up in Newport uh-huh. and then seeing these, like, outrageous people, right. you know. So it sort of um, got in my blood, and then I was <laughs> buying women's beaded tops and stuff for – it was – 25 cents. Why were you buying that stuff? You just like just the look of it? Just because I think I've always been drawn to textiles. Okay. And, and it reminded me of my mom in the 60s. Right. And um, in fact, I think they thought I was a little crazy. But <laughs> um, I just started accumulating these things. And then um, I went away to school, Eastern Kentucky, for a quarter. And um, I got the bill. <laughs> oh. And I was like, yeah. oh, sh- I'm not going to be able to. And I didn't know what I wanted to study, to be quite honest. Yeah. I was just there, like, because it was because you were supposed, supposed to be. To do. Yep. So I decided instead of putting that money into my education, I guess I wanted to open a vintage clothing store. Nice. Look how entrepreneurial you so were. I opened a little shop in Clifton. It was behind a pharmacy on okay. McMillan. Okay. It used to be the health food store. Oh yeah. So yeah. that corner, uh-huh. we're going back. You know, this is early '80s. So, and they, they were the sweetest people. They gave me the little section of the pharmacy. We put up a wall. Rent was so cheap. Uh-huh. And then I just opened a little vintage shop in Clifton. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah. And from there, I know you, you were in Hyde Park at one point? Yes, well, Hyde Park was sort of down the line. I, um, I was on McMillan, and then from McMillan, um, I was there for a while. Okay. Uh, vintage started, this was... That was the Madonna era and all that, all the... Got it. So I yes. started experimenting with new designers. So I was going to New York, and I would stay with the Dap Kids who uh-huh. were co-oping. Yeah. And I would 
go to showrooms. So I started, I met Todd Oldham. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember so I Todd So I carried Oldham. Todd oh. Oldham when his parents were still doing the accounting Wait a second. Texas. You carried, like, early stage Todd? Yes. Wow. Yes, some of his beginning. Oh, my God. And Body Map out of yeah. London. Uh-huh. Leon Matt. I mean, Donna Karen. So I started, like, Vintage was starting to fizzle. And I was getting bored with it, too. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting being able to go to New York. Heck, yeah. And then being into the other end of the fashion business. So from there, I opened, um, I closed my little shop and moved to Vine Street, Short Vine. Okay, yeah. And this was when Rags to Riches was there. I don't know if you probably you I don't think I remember Rags to Riches. Yeah, Rags to Riches was an amazing store. Carried Fiorucci jeans and... Fiorucci. Yeah. So I, um, and Vaco leather, all that stuff. So I opened on Short Vine, um... And it was fun. That was it was great then. That was when um Zeno's, the pizza place. Was short was vine popping at that time? Yeah, and there okay. were sentiments who used to sell Stephen Sprouse. Wow. So it was all it was exciting. And um and it was very successful there. Um and from that I opened another location on Ludlow Avenue. So you had two shops? Mm-hmm. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was across the street. Uh, it wasn't the Esquire at the time. Um, there was a meat market there. I'm trying to remember what was the Esquire. But I was there during the time they were building the Esquire. Huh. So I was in, had those two spots. It was fun, but it was too much. Too, okay. Too, too much. Too, too. Trying to manage two locations. Yeah, two locations, yeah. not for me. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I closed the Vine Street, kept the Ludlow Avenue. Because okay. it was a little bit more upscale. Okay. And I was able to sell higher price points. Was there other stuff on Ludlow at that point? There was Tawana Imports, which was amazing. She had all the Norma Kamali stuff. Where? Barb was amazing. Yeah. This was a fun time. No kidding. Yeah. So, and Barb and I would go on buying trips together. She was such a cool, cool soul. But, um, so I did that for a long time and then um, closed it up. And I became, I worked at Clausen's. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. And I worked with Phyllis Weston okay. in the art gallery. So so you went from? I went from total, and I, I, I feel like I have a, like I have a, I like a lifestyle. I love good mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. I love art. I love it's interior. I love fashion. Yeah. So it was just another, and I, I like to learn. Uh-huh. So it was a great education yeah. on like the golden age painters of Cincinnati. And I saw how an art gallery was run. And then I ended up managing the Kenwood store. Um, and I did that for a while. And then I was getting kind of bored. <laughs> art, I know it's a little, you know, you're always waiting for It's just not enough energy Activity. like fashion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so I decided uh, I wanted to get back into fashion. And I was in High Park Square. And there was a location that I saw on the corner there. And they just put the sign up. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to call. I had no idea what I was going to do. <laughs> so I called the uh, landlord. And he's like, well, if you want it, you need to do it, you know, right away. Because there's a fair amount of people interested in the space. Was that true? Or was that just something Probably, the landlord was saying? Okay. Because it was between the Graders and the Echo. Is that oh, corner. that corner shop. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's high traffic. Great location. Yeah, that's high traffic. And High Park was great for me. I mm-hmm. was there for... 15 years. What was it called at that time? Uh, 2700 Erie, which is the address. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I started off with um, a mixture of antiques and like um, home decor antique yeah, type stuff? Yeah. Okay. And uh, antique jewelry. Um, 
And then I wanted to get back into the fashion vibe again. Mm -hmm. And I started just carrying um, accessories. So I brought in a line called Lamberts and Truex. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. John Truex is from. He went to school at UC. Oh, see, now that I did not know. Yes, yes, he was. Interesting. And then his partner, Richard, who used to be um, the creative director for Bergdorf Goodman. And then he worked with Don Mello at Gucci. Okay. And they were influential in bringing Tom Ford on at the time. Wow. But um, so I brought in Truex and then we started I think Givenchy shoes. And Where were you then, sourcing these things from? Were you going on buying trips still? No, I would just um, send them, you know, see if they'd be interested in me carrying the line, huh. which was difficult when you're first getting right. into it. Right, right. Uh, Lambert and Truex helped. But I'll tell you who the first designer that really helped me get into the designer business was Zach Posen. Really? Uh, yes, he was adorable. Because um, he went was to, super young when he first started. I met him, yeah, when his mom was there and his sister oh my God, and that's Stephanie Cozy. Uh, and it was like his second collection. Wow. Um, so I went in and we hit it off right away. Yeah. And he sold, you know, I was able to sell his line. So Zach Posen was the first ready to wear collection that we brought in. I'm trying to think of a Cincinnati where. Zach Posen is available, and I cannot picture it. Yeah, it was great. And Jim Nippenberg, I don't know if you remember him Mm-mm. from the Inquirer. He used to have a great column. He used to always plug us and stuff. But, yeah, I, I brought in Zach Posen, and all of a sudden, Zach Posen became the it designer. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Andre Leontali loved him. Mm-hmm. And, and so he started becoming a big name, and people saw that we had Zach Posen. Uh-huh. So then it just started I started being able to carry. I worked with the Gucci group with Alexander McQueen. Yeah. Then we carried um, the Givenchy, Lanvin, um, Oscar de la Renta. So I had all these wow. designers. And it was fun. And I was doing Fashion Week at Bryant Park. What time period was this? I'm, I'm literally this trying is, to um, picture this in my head. Let me think about this. I think maybe 2003, 2004. Wow. How did I? that yeah you were you in high park at the time or well, no no not really yeah i mean it was good and then i started doing trunk shows so we did a trunk show with zach posen uh i carried uh peter Som, and he came to town <laughs> so we did a show for that and then um my dear friend john bartlett who's from cincinnati uh-huh. um his dog sweetie yeah had a column in l magazine i remember that and it was his partner at the time mark welsh who wrote the book and um the Ruben Toledo did mm-hmm. the illustrations, okay. and the book was called "I Never Met a Man I Couldn't Lick." So it was hysterical. <laughs> so we had a book signing, okay. And Jim Nippenberg wrote a thing on it, and it was just it was really fun. So that's sort of, I guess, how I've evolved into the fashion business. Hyde Park yeah. was great, uh-huh. and then Ina who used to be the general manager at Saks Fifth Avenue, um, was wooing me to, because um, the Fifth Avenue club director's position was going to be available. Mm-hmm. And That's like the personal shopping. Personal handle? shopping. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So um, she was, you know, taking me to lunch and trying to see <laughs> if I would be interested. And I really wasn't at first. Um but then I started thinking, you know, I've never worked for a big team. So I thought, oh, it might be kind of neat to be able to just work for a big team, not have to worry about 
you know, the paycheck, you know. Yeah, because you were an entrepreneur from jump. Like, yes. you took that one semester and you were right. like, nope, I'm out. I'm starting my own thing. Payroll tax. I mean, all right. that. I didn't, it was more about me, I guess, right. at the time. And then I thought it would also be a growing experience. Always always learning. Yeah. Always so learning. I um, closed the High Park location, became the Fifth Avenue Club director, um, and... It was interesting, <laughs> you yeah. know, a totally different um, mindset than what I was used to, because um, I always had sort of an avant-garde side right. to my fashion. Yes. So, you know, Saks is a, definitely a little more, especially the Cincinnati store, a little more geared towards the conservative mm-hmm. client base. But I enjoyed it, and then the market. Remember when the market crashed? And <laughs> yes, I think we all remember when the market crashed. or something. It was like, like 08 and yeah. everything. So my position hot. was, um, they decided to make the designer manager in charge of everything. Okay. So I got laid off, mm-hmm. and um, I was actually kind of happy about it. Word. Um, <laughs> I, was, I think I danced out the door. I hate yeah. to say that, but I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was nice because I had a nice severance. And mm-hmm. yep. I, it gave me some time to um, take a time off because it was like a whole new, like, what am I going to do? Yeah, what, what's Kind next? of thing. Yeah. And I ended up just um, redoing our kitchen at home. <laughs> and um, I was always looking at first dibs for ideas. Really? Stuff okay. At the time because it was more antique furniture uh-huh. and stuff. And I always liked that stuff. And then I noticed that they had a fashion section. Yeah. And I um, had some garments from McQueen and uh, Givenchy that... um, Like stuff that used to be in the store? Yeah, I probably purchased just because it was good for display. Yeah. Wild. Yes, yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you need that. That's why they show it on the runway, too. Probably not the smartest business move, but it ended up being... um, And I loved the display... like. The thing I love about the business was the buying and the merchandising and the theater, the you know, yeah. the selling and all that. You can, that's <laughs> somebody just, else can do that. It just doesn't, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had these incredible pieces from McQueen, and they were more like seven to eight thousand dollar range at the time, mm-hmm. and they were exquisite, and they didn't produce a lot, of course. And um, he passed away, mm-hmm. and then the Met did that exhibition. Oh, God, and yes. that was during this whole time when I was, you know, in transition. So when I was at first, uh, you know, I, I, I thought, oh, God, first dips might be a cool way to get back in the business without having a brick and mortar. Okay. You know, so you so, didn't want a brick and mortar? No, uh, I still don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. I still don't. And I've been given spaces to do it, but I just. It's not, not your thing not, anymore. I feel like I did it, done it. You did. And I'm not, that's just not the direction I want to go. And I'm really enjoying the e-commerce side. Good so I you. want that to just focus on that and have that grow. Okay. Um, so I sent a uh, disc of the garments with descriptives to Claire Watson, who was the fashion director of First Dibs. And she immediately the next day got back to me. Wow, that's a good sign. Yeah, it was a really great sign. And um, it was interesting because she's like, oh, I was just at a luncheon and um, Oscar Oscar De La Renta was there. And I had mentioned to him that this guy from, I think he lives in Kentucky, but (laughs) has a business in Ohio, Uh sent these incredible garments. And it seems like he knows, you know, the business and he wants to be a dealer on our site. 
because first dibs is actually kind of difficult they're to get selective in. right yeah, yeah it's like applying for a government job but, um <laughs> so she's like but oscar gave you such a great compliment and um you know, we'd love to have you on board. And wow. I, and I was like, oh, no. Now I got to find stuff. <laughs> because they're really strict about keeping, you know, the inventory fresh. And oh, okay. So I just started emailing all the clients that I knew and was just like, you know, if you have anything from the 70s or the 80s, even if you think it's ugly, I might be interested. Like people that had shopped with you yeah, before and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, because, okay. you know, they've, they've been shopping for True, ever. true. And a lot of people, like the 80s, they think no one's interested They're in that. They're over it. It's mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So next thing I know, I get, I'm going to clients' homes and loading my oh, car. I love it. You know, and then it's like, okay, I'm ah. in business. So, and I was doing my own photography out of my house, basically. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You had like a little studio set up in a corner I was or in our sunroom. I curtained it. <laughs> It worked. Yeah. So that's how I started. And then I was like, well, I need, you know, some space. Yeah. Where were you storing all these, are these garments? They were. (laughs) In the sunroom? (laughs) Well, we have um, outbuildings on our, I have some acreage. Okay. So they were in one of the barns. Wow. But, um, but a nice barn. Yeah. Of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) But so um, that's when I decided to um, open the space in Northside. Yeah. I was like, why oh. Northside? Why Northside? Well, that uh, my partner's Kevin Berkey, uh-huh. and so he owns the building, and they had space available. And I always wanted the top floor, so I just said, well, what, what if I, you know, just take that space? Because I don't, you know, it's not like it has to be. It, it can be a destination. Got it. So mm-hmm. yeah, you weren't trying to do like storefront, no, ground level retail. No, in mm-hmm. fact, I kind of like more incognito. In the beginning, yeah. just keeping it, you know, and I think our my clients like it too, because they just say that they're looking for a dress for a special occasion that everyone's going to in the city, and they can come to me, but they know that like if I was a shop, they'd be like, "Oh, I saw your dress in the mm-hmm. window." Where now it's a little more, mm-hmm. it's just a little more private. It's a lot more private, and it feels like. A hidden treasure. Like, it feels oh, like you're discovering you. something amazing. And people like that. Yeah. And I kind of want to keep it like that. It just makes it more special. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a while to get them to Northside, you know. They, right, right. I think they still think it was the west side of town, <laughs> but it's not. But um, once they, they're familiar, then it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And now there's Roos where they can go have lunch in Northside. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff popping so up around there. So it's been good that way. Um, How many pieces would you say you have boy, at this point? Because it's crazy. I, I just did my taxes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, there, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I still have half the fourth floor, too. Wait, what? Yeah. What's on the half the, the fourth, fourth floor? floor is like my... Um, it's not designer things, but it's fun things. I remember you telling me about this, mm-hmm. and I want to get in there so bad, Tony. Oh, you know how I really bad don't I let get anyone in, there. in because it's a mess. But um, it's just where I store things for photo shoots or just things that make me happy. Um, Are they things you're planning on selling or things you want to keep? I could. In fact, um, that's sort of my um, next direction with First Dibs is um, having more. Product range. Okay. So I want to start having some uh, lower end things. Okay. So that way, you know, fun, but it's not 
collectible. Mm-hmm. Or, so that's I think sort people, of people mix it up. Yeah, nowadays. and so it's good because sense. then it brings people to the site. They feel like they can at least maybe find something. Right. So right. that's sort of my next direction. And some of the stuff is just great. It's just fun. It's just not um, because my business has been about brands. Mm-hmm. So it's not as brand oriented. I see what you're saying. And I find brands are easier to sell online. Online, for sure, because people are searching for size, specific brands. They know their size. They know. Yeah. They collect certain things. They're looking for certain collections. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's just easier. But I'm sure there's a market for some of that fun stuff. There is, and I am in that market. So I'm trying to figure yeah. out right now how I can get in this space oh, is what I'm asking. Yeah, it won't happen. Everyone wants to get in it. Why are you keeping it? Why are you keeping because it Because I just don't. I have to organize it. No, you don't. And That's the fun part. No, I know. I, for me, I like it like that, too. Yeah. But I don't want people coming in and like going, eh, it makes me crazy. I like things. I like how my studio is, like but, a showroom. But, Tony, I want to come see you. You organize it. I hope <laughs> you're cute, but no. Okay, so, so that's sort of why I guess how it evolved. So if that's your next direction, mm-hmm. um, I was walking through downtown a couple months ago, and I noticed the window of what used to be the TJ Maxx, mm-hmm. and I saw that there was some. I saw the lettering on the windows, mm-hmm. and I was very excited about it. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there yet. Mm-mm. I was like, okay, I'm, I went home. No, I think I went to the Mercantile Library, and I was, like, Googling things oh, and trying that. to figure out what was <laughs> happening and what would, what it was going to be. It was pretty it was. quiet. It was very yeah, quiet. No, it was, we like, kept it, quiet. kept it under wraps. Mm-hmm. And then I happened to walk by and again. It took a, it was up for a while, too. It took us a couple months, I think, to... But you saw what we... Yeah, I happened to walk by again, uh, you know, a couple weeks later, and it was just like this blazing... Boom. And actually, you know what's funny is I wasn't going to walk by until the one of the... Uh, I guess like concierges at the hotel around the corner. I was like, yeah, there's this really cool. I hadn't seen him in a while. He was like, yeah, I haven't okay. seen him, but there's this really cool display around the corner. Oh, they got some that. wild clothes in there. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't even, it wasn't a fashion person. It wasn't no. somebody who. I had the same thing happen to me at UPS. talk about that sort of thing. Yeah. They just happened to mention it because they, mm-hmm. thought, they thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about how that came about because it was you and Annette Navarro. Well, yes, I. Um, I've been looking for just window space to do display. Because you mentioned you like that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I wanted yeah. to use it as a billboard, uh-huh. basically, yeah, to advertise. Sense. So I've asked a couple buildings around, but no one, they're not as receptive yeah. to that. I, I guess they just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to lunch, and I saw Jim Tarbell. Yeah. Outside, mm-hmm. and he's been trying to sell that amazing building. Yeah. Yes, so I was like, you know, what's going on with these windows? Because they're incredible windows, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot. It's half the block. Yeah, and um, he was great. He was so receptive and was like, well, you know, let's make it happen or whatever. So I have been working with Annette Navarro now for a few years. Yeah, and so I had mentioned to Annette, I said, you know what, we should do something with these windows as a billboard and just create, um, like we can showcase her photography, her videography, and then my fashion. Mm -hmm. And then um, we worked with Tyler Bilsman and Kelsey Wing. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And they basically came up with the whole creative concept. Oh, nice. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, they, they, at first we were, we had all these ideas and then I was like, you know what, why don't we just get it on paper? Mm Mm-hmm draw it out, mm-hmm. and then we can focus. And it 
it doesn't necessarily have to turn out exactly that way, but at least we're... You got a starting point. Yeah. Yeah. So they did that, and it pretty much, everything turned out almost exactly... It looked alike. fantastic. Yeah, we're really pleased, and it's been well-received. Yeah. And, um, and it's been a great tool for advertising. Is there so. anywhere that people who are not in this area can look at it? Can There's, they see photos anywhere? Well, um, City Beat put a bunch of the images. Okay, okay. They did a nice write-up, which was nice. Yeah. And um, so that, but just like if you, I know I've hashtag Cincinnati, a lot of people have been photographing it, yeah. which is fun. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm really pleased. It was a lot of work. It looked like a lot of work. It that's, was. Why I was, that's why I was asking it about was, it. It was, because, I mean, it still had the TJ Maxx branding. and All right. It had the orangey walls. Right, so right. we had to paint everything. And we and there did were a lot this. of props in there that would have to be brought down. We did, and they built a lot. They made that Hasselblad camera. Oh. And um, then we did the, the TVs with the video. Right, right. And, um, did all the mannequins with the mohawks and the fishnets. Um, I just wanted it to be fun. Yeah, you know, it because was. I really I feel so. like fashion should be fun. Agreed. It's really not shouldn't be that serious. Um, and I wish people were more comfortable to be free, you know. It's funny that you say that because I've been I felt like I was getting into a rut with that because I wear mm-hmm. I mean I'm wearing all neutrals well, now. Yeah, you know I mean I mean it's just you know what you fine. throw on every day. Well for every day, yeah, but when you want to go out Exactly. I've been trying to give fun. myself permission to have a little bit you more should. fun with it. And yeah. it doesn't need to all be in the same color palette and you don't no. need a twelve piece capsule wardrobe or whatever, blah right. blah blah. It's really as long as it makes you feel good. I really do believe that. And you shouldn't dress for like, others. Like there are things that I'm drawn to that are not quote me. But if I'm drawn right. to them, yeah, they then they are them. me. Right. I figure. And what's yeah? And who cares if you like? I wish who I really would. I almost way. wore my orange and red pants today, but <laughs> I wasn't feeling it. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it but depends I on do, your mood. It does, mm-hmm. and that's what's fun with clothes. I agree. And it's what I've always loved. I think that's why I like um, more the avant-garde things, but they tend to hold their value more too. Yeah, I'm and you getting, would know. Yeah, because we deal. Uh, in fact, I just saw um, Helen Mirren. Um, there, I work with their costume designer. She's in the movie Fast Furious or whatever, the new one coming out. Is she? Oh, yes, yeah. she is. Oh, my God. I and, saw a preview for that. Yeah, I and was I surprised just, to see her I in that movie. I just this morning Googled it, and I saw her in our, they purchased an Alexander McQueen leopard jacket, and Helen Mirren's in it with what's his name. Okay, now I want to look at it again. Yeah, I'll, I just, I saved it. Um, but that's cool. And then I've been working with... Um, um, Pialo, the uh, costume designer for the Empire yeah. out of Chicago. Yeah. So um, it's just, I don't watch TV much, so I'm not too. It's Taj, is that or the Cookie? Cookie. Cookie is wearing a Christian Dior gown by John Galliano in this season. What? Which is wonderful. What does it look like? What should I look it's for? It's incredible. Um, we, um, it's pink and yellow ombre. Okay. And it's laced up around. Around the cleavage area. You know, uh-huh. very Galliano, cut on the bias. Oh, I'm okay. sure. I didn't realize she's that tiny because it was a little size, but she must be really tiny. Yeah. It was tiny. Okay. But I'm excited for that. Yes. And then there's another. We've been working with a lot of costume designers. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. How do you get hooked up with those people or First do they dibs. find you? First dibs. They find us. Yep. Genius. First dibs. First dibs. Yeah. And they're great to work with. They've all been, it's been wonderful. So they And can... even working with Vogue magazine has been amazing. Now, how did they find you? They, well, um, 
one of the art directors is a big collector of mm-hmm. fashion. Um, so she started buying things from us, a lot of the Japanese designers, because I'm a fan. And she found that stuff on First and Dibs? She did. Okay. And then um, her assistant, because I usually deal with their assistants, right. uh, her assistant asked, because I usually don't do rentals, I just don't want to do it, uh, but they asked if they could rent some things from us, and I just was like, so I did, mm-hmm. and it turned out great. They ended up buying the stuff anyhow. What were they for? For a person? For a shoot. Ah. They're for a shoot. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think it's Tone Goodman, I think yeah. is what it is. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just so cool having, being in Ohio and dealing with the fashion world. I think that's basically. great. Sometimes I feel like it can be kind of a selling point to be in the Midwest because people are like, and you would not believe this little thing no, that I, I found in some place so where people don't expect it to be. Yeah, I think and I think they but I think it's changed. Uh, the you know the internet's changed everything. Things are more accessible than they, they are. used to be. And people realize that just because you're in Ohio that you're not you know, you don't know fashion. That's or, true. You know, they can tell. They're just always amazed at how we find it. So, <laughs> but that's from clients. Yeah, from that's from dips. years of being Dubai. I've got a wonderful client in Dubai that sends things, um, and they'll buy. That's why you know I'm just not vintage. They'll buy Chanel from three, four years ago, and a lot of the things are very recognizable, so they can't wear them all the time. Really? So then they just resell them and ah, okay. so instead of it being an eight thousand dollar dress they'll end up getting at least four or five back uh-huh. so it ends up being a three thousand dollar dress and then you get to cycle it out for something new yeah they do yeah, yeah. exactly and then, you know and then for me i find that person that's looking for mm-hmm. it at almost half price right so that's sort of how it's all evolved interesting and people cycle. see my so i think we have a strong aesthetic the brand yeah. evolution. It's yeah. definitely, um, it's got that little edge, you know. When you talk about avant-garde, I think yeah, it definitely that's fits. Us, mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. And I, I've been focusing on the Japanese, Yoji Yamamoto, Comme des Garçons, mm-hmm. um, Miyake for years. So we've got a nice collection. And then I'm looking forward to the Mets exhibition. So all that stuff's going to be even more desirable oh yeah hold on yeah it already <laughs> has in fact i just sold a piece i wish i wouldn't have but i did uh, yeah it's from the bumps collection cool yeah it's yeah. great it's great but the business is amazing i love it i really enjoy the e-commerce side i feel like i have freedom somewhat mm-hmm. but i still work yeah but i don't feel like i'm you don't have to be in a particular spot yes. all the time. And you don't have to be on stage all the time. Hmm. When you have a shop, I always felt like you have to be on. You have on. to be on all the time. All that's the true. Time. You've got that's people hard. coming in and out. When I was younger, it was okay. But mm-hmm. as, like, as you get older and then you start reading, you, know, you can tell. It's like, uh, I just, it's not for me. And I came very close to opening something downtown, a showroom, just recently. Uh, uh. I did. It was so close. What kept you from so it? Close. What kept you from it? Something kept me from it. I don't. I think it's the um, the being tied down. Yeah, I mean, and that's perfectly valid. Yeah, I really. I think that's what did it. I, so I, you know, and it's a beautiful space. It's the old Henry Harris, across from Saks. There's beautiful windows. 
in the Ford crew Street? tower. Probably right by the the old Henry here. The concierge, probably right there. Yeah, like right. It was shoe house. Oh, I didn't know they were gone. Yeah, he oh, left. Okay. I love. He's adorable. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got he's it. He's gone. I think he's retired. Yeah. But I love the space. Mm-hmm. I love because I remember Henry Harris, and um, I think having a showroom would be great downtown. Mm-hmm. I do for business. I think it would be successful. I just don't think it's the lifestyle that I want to go forward with. Yeah, you would have to bring other people into the Yeah, mix absolutely. I couldn't do it all yeah, myself. Yeah. No, you would have to back into mm-hmm. the managing. And <laughs> it'd be great for the city, too. But I just, it's not the direction I'm, I want to focus on the e-commerce. I, I do. I think that makes it's sense. It's been growing, and it's, it's great. I mean, I just sold a pair of shoes when we were sitting out there. That's crazy. Yeah, so okay. it's fun. Just had to get my shipping quote. All right. Well, even if you're <laughs> going to Italy, <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Can I go with the shoe? I can. Yeah. I can take the shoes if we there need to. Charles Jordan. Oh, I just got another message. So even if you're not going to open a showroom downtown, which yeah. is somewhat, it would be amazing. It would. I mean, and that—that's the part I, lo- I love. The whole visual. It's I, just. If it could just be that. <laughs> if it could just, if it be, could that. just be that. Yeah, yeah. or I guess if I could just, I don't know, just have it by appointment, but that's a little crazy. Um, but I had the TJ Maxx windows, yeah. so I got it out of my system a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, and you'll do something I else. don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there'll be a next time with that, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know what next to be. I'm just a creative person that's always wants change. Same. I hear mm-hmm. you. I can't do the same thing all the time. So where can people follow along when you do decide to take up something new or to keep up with what you're doing? Oh, probably just Instagram. And who Facebook. are, what's your uh, Evolution1645. Okay. And if they want to actually see some of the beautiful things that you sell, how can they do that? Just go to the website, evolutionfashionstudio.com and... Hit the shop button. <laughs> you will spend hours and hours browsing <laughs> and wishing and imagining places where you could wear these beautiful things. I promise you, I've done it. And it's fun to do. You might have to register on First Dibs, though, to see the prices, I think. I yeah, think they, they keep that hidden, but I, I yeah. feel like that's part of the charm for me. Because if yeah. I know, then I'll just be even more upset. And you can keep up with the Creative City Podcast online at uh, creativecitypodcast.com. Go ahead and sign up for the mailing list. And... Follow along with me at The Style Sample on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Thanks for coming down and chatting with me today, Tony. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Good to see you. We'll see you guys next time.